0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truths Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truths Table. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us.
1: Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word.
0: Old Testament reading. Nehemiah chapter 1 through Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. A prayer of Nehemiah. These are the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. It so happened that in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, I was in Susa the citadel. Hanani, who was one of my relatives, along with some of the men from Judah, came to me and I asked them about the Jews who had escaped and had survived the exile and about Jerusalem. They said to me, The remnant that remains from the exile there in the province are experiencing considerable adversity and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem lies breached and its gates have been burned down. When I heard these things, I sat down abruptly, crying and mourning for several days. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Then I said, Please, O Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God, who keeps his loving covenant with those who love him and obey his commandments. May your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayer of your servant that I am praying to you today throughout both day and night on behalf of your servants, the Israelites. I am confessing the sins of the Israelites that we have committed against you, both I myself and my family have sinned. We have behaved corruptly against you, not obeying the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments that you commanded your servant Moses. Please recall the word you commanded your servant Moses. If you act unfaithfully, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you repent and obey my commandments and do them, then even if your dispersed people are in the most remote location, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen for my name to reside. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your mighty strength and by your powerful hand. Please, Lord, listen attentively to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who take pleasure in showing respect to your name. Grant your servant success today and show compassion to me in the presence of this man. Now I was cupbearer for the king. Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Nehemiah is permitted to go to Jerusalem. Then in the month of Nisan, In the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to me, I took the wine and gave it to the king. Previously, I had not been depressed in the king's presence. So the king said to me, Why do you appear to be depressed when you aren't sick? What can this be other than sadness of the heart? This made me very fearful. I replied to the king, O king, live forever. Why would I not appear dejected when the city with the graves of my ancestors lies desolate and its gates destroyed by fire? The king responded, What is it you are seeking? Then I quickly prayed to the God of heaven and said to the king, If the king is so inclined, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, dispatch me to Judah, to the city with the graves of my ancestors, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with his consort, sitting beside him, replied, How long would your trip take, and when would you return? Since the king was pleased to send me, I gave him a time. I said to the king, If the king is so inclined, let him give me letters for the governors of Trans-Euphrates, that will enable me to travel safely until I reach Judah. And a letter for Asaph, the keeper of the king's nature, preserve, so that he will give me timber for beams for the gates of the fortress adjacent to the temple and for the city wall and for the house to which I go. So the king granted me these requests, for the good hand of my God was on me. Then I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates, and I presented to them the letters from the king. The king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen. When Sunbalit, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard all this, they were very displeased that someone had come to seek benefit for the Israelites. Nehemiah arrives in Jerusalem. So I came to Jerusalem. When I had been there for three days, I got up during the night along with a few men who were with me, but I did not tell anyone what my God was putting on my heart to do for Jerusalem there were no animals with me except for the one I was riding, I proceeded through the valley gate by night in the direction of the well of the dragons and the dung gate, inspecting the walls of Jerusalem that had been breached and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. I passed on to the gate of the well and the king's pool where there was not enough room for my animal to pass with me. I continued up the valley during the night inspecting the wall. Then I turned back and came to the valley gate and so returned. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I had been doing, for up to this point, I had not told any of the Jews or the priests or the nobles or the officials or the rest of the workers. Then I said to them, You see the problem that we have? Jerusalem is desolate and its gates are burned. Come on, let's rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that this reproach will not continue. Then I related to them how the good hand of my God was on me and what the king had said to me. Then they replied, Let's begin rebuilding right away. So they readied themselves for this good project. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard all this. They derided us and expressed contempt toward us. They said, What is this you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? I responded to them by saying, The God of heaven will prosper us. We, his servants, will start the rebuilding. But you have no just or ancient right in Jerusalem." Psalm 135, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Offer praise, you servants of the Lord, who serve in the Lord's temple, in the courts of the temple of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. Indeed, the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel, to be his special possession. Yes, I know the Lord is great, and our Lord is superior to all gods. He does whatever he pleases in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the ocean depths. He causes the clouds to arise from the end of the earth, making lightning bolts accompany the rain, and brings the wind out of his storehouses. He strikes down the firstborn of Egypt, including both men and animals. He performed awesome deeds and acts of judgment in your midst, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. He defeated many nations and killed mighty kings, Sihon. King of the Amorites and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. He gave their land as an inheritance, as an inheritance to Israel, his people. O Lord, your name endures. Your reputation, O Lord, lasts. For the Lord vindicates his people and has compassion on his servants. The nation's idols are made of silver and gold. They are man made. They have mouths, but cannot speak, eyes, but cannot see, and ears, but cannot hear. Indeed, they cannot breathe. Those who make them will end up like them as will everyone who trusts in them. O family of Israel, praise the Lord. O family of Aaron, praise the Lord. O family of Levi, praise the Lord. You loyal followers of the Lord, praise the Lord. The Lord deserves praise in Zion. He who dwells in Jerusalem, praise the Lord. New Testament Reading Revelation Chapter 9 Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. He opened the shaft of the abyss, and smoke rose out of it, like smoke from a giant furnace. The sun and the air were darkened with smoke from the shaft. Then out of the smoke came locusts onto the earth, and they were given power, like that of the scorpions of the earth. They were told not to damage the grass of the earth or any green plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their forehead. The locusts were not given permission to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And their torture was like that of a scorpion when it stings a person. In those days, people will seek death, but will not be able to find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Now the locusts looked like horses equipped for battle. On their heads were something like crowns similar to gold, and their faces looked like men's faces. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like iron breastplates. And the sound of their wings was like the noise of many horse-drawn chariots charging into battle. They have tails and stingers like scorpions, and their ability to injure people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. The first woe has passed, but two woes are still coming after these things. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet. And I heard a single voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God, saying to the sixth angel, the one holding the trumpet, set free the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour, day, month, and year were set free to kill a third of humanity. The number of soldiers on horseback was 200 million. I heard their number. Now this is what the horses and their riders looked like in my vision. The riders had breastplates that were fiery red dark blue and sulfurous, yellow in color. The heads of the horses looked like lion's heads and fire, smoke, and sulfur came out of their mouths. A third of humanity was killed by these three plagues, that is, by the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur that came out of their mouths. For the power of the horses resides in their mouths and in their tails because their tails are like snakes having heads that inflict injuries. The rest of humanity, who had not been killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, so that they did not stop worshipping demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk about. Furthermore, they did not repent of their murders, of their magic spells, of their sexual immorality, or of their stings. Of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Most High God, I thank you for your Word. Thank you, O God, for these passages that are showing us what happens to us when we follow idols of our own making. We become unable to see, we become unable to hear, we become unable to perceive and to discern and to hear from you, O God. And then we see the tragic eternal consequences of that idol worship. As we see in Revelation, Oh God, and we see the woes being poured out against those who refused to repent and to turn and to denounce their idols. Instead, they continued to worship the idols of their own making that they made out of silver, gold, all kinds of metal and wood. And that even after all of witnessing thousands upon thousands of people that will be killed. This is in John's vision in Revelation, That they still continued and persisted because this idolatry and sin hardens us. It, see, it can sear our minds and it can sear our hearts if we do not turn and repent from our sins. So would you help us, O oh God, to be a people that are convicted by our sin, that are quick to confess our sin, repent and turn And we can learn a lesson from Nehemiah on how to confess sin and how to repent and to turn so that we might walk in the paths of righteousness that have been paid for us by Jesus Christ Himself. God, I just thank you for the grace and the mercy and the salvation that is found in the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you help us, O Lord God, to continue to apply the gospel to our lives, to continue to abhor what is evil? to abhor um, uh, what is unworthy of praise, to abhor all manner of wickedness uh, that opposes, that stands contra to your gospel, O oh God. And would you help us to love what is good, love what is praiseworthy, love what is beautiful, love what is excellent, love uh, what what glorifies you, O oh God. Would you help us, O oh God, to make that divine exchange every day, saying yes to godliness and no to unworldly passions that do not glorify you, Lord. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of